Okay. Let's learn a little bit about the halachas of Rosh Hashanah. There's really three different categories in the Rosh Hashanah. The one is the halachas of Tkir Shafer, which is a question by itself. We're not going to discuss that tonight. The other one is the halachas of Shnaget Tfilah in Rosh Hashanah, which is also some of halachas. And the last one, which is what I want to talk about right now, is the halachas of would we'll say how one acts in Rosh Hashanah. So there are a number of points in Shulchan Aruch which are brought about how one, what should or shouldn't be done in Rosh Hashanah. So let's look at the halachas at the same time we'll see the underlying theme from these halachas how we are meant to approach Rosh Hashanah. So the first thing the Shulchan Aruch says is Mechabsim umistachim ve'er Rosh Hashanah. A person is meant to wash himself and take a haircut, wash his clothes, and never shoshana. In other words, Shukhanach doesn't tell us this on every area of Yom Tov, that you should wash and cut your hair, whatever it is. It's understood, that's when you prepare for Yom Tov. The Chiddush over here, the Shukhanach is saying, is that how are we meant to prepare for shoshana? It's not one of the Shleisha regarding. Right? We have Pesach for Sukkot, when the mitzvah of Sanat al We're meant to wear our best clothing, we're meant to buy the best food, we're meant to enjoy ourselves, that's the mitzvah of the Yom Tov. Rosh Hashanah, on the one hand, is not like that. It's not a, there's no mitzvah of Sanat al Rosh Hashanah, like that the Yom Tov. On the other hand, it is a Yom Tov. So, it's how we're meant to approach Rosh Hashanah. Yom Adin on the one side, Yom Tov on the other. So what the Shulchan Aruch is passing is we have deal with Rosh Hashanah like Yom Tov. We went to wear Yom Tov clothing, we went to wash and shower, shave, whatever it is, prepare, now we prepare for Yom Tov. Not only that, there's a pasuk, which is not very well known because it's not in a, a commonly learned part of the Nach. There's a pasuk that says for Ezra. What happened is on, on Rosh Hashanah, Ezra called, he came to Eretz Yisrael, he came back from Bob. And Ezra came to be the spiritual leader of the Jews who come back before that, who were already in Israel before him. And Ezra comes back from Babel and he finds that the status of Yiddishkeit in Israel was really bad. People weren't giving Shabbos, people were, had married Goyim. So Ezra decides to do something about it. So he gathers all the people on Rosh Hashanah and he basically gives them a strong Muslim lesson about how far they had fallen. And uh, the boss says, everyone starts to cry. And then Ezra changes tone. And he says, not, that's not, not what we're doing now. He says, everyone should go home. Uh, have a yom tov seder. Eat good food. Drink sweet drinks. The shilchum mother say, no, no, that's what we don't prepare for Shana. So send food to your neighbors who don't have food prepared. Don't be sad. In fact, if you're happy with Hashem, that's your strength. Unbelievable thing. You think, what is it trying to do? He wanted to, to give our Musa. He gave everybody Musa. It was really effective. He brought everybody to tears. Right? That's what we should leave it there, right? That's what we want to get to. No. Once he gets there, as he stops, he says, Now everyone go home, have a Sizyantov. Now is not the time to cry. Don't be sad. That's not what's expected, it's Rosh Hashanah. So we see here the same balance. On the one hand, it's Yamadim. And Ezra wants them to the children. And he brings them to the children. 
on the other hand, he doesn't want them to be sad. And therefore, when he gets that stage, he stops and he says, go home and eat, be happy with it. That's, that's what he expects from Rosh Hashanah. So a little bit, we face the same conflict. Rosh Hashanah is the Yom Tif. And we meant to treat it like Yom Tif. On the one side. On the other side, it's Yom Adin. So it's not the same atmosphere of happiness as in the regular Yom Tif. That's the one thing. Same thing with Rabbi Adin. There's no mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah. There's a minute to go to the mikvah every Shonah, which is the same in Minag on every area of Yom Every area of Yom needs to go to the mikvah, but they need to go to the mikvah in every Shonah also, which means even though most people don't in the minute to go every area of Shabbos every day, there are people who do, but it's definitely not the halacha. It's when it's brought in the halacha to go to the mikvah in the area of Yom generally, and on the area of Yom Tov, there's a chiyuv, there's a special Indian. Fine. So there's a minute to go to the mikvah in the area of Rosh Hashanah also. Um, there was a minute to go to Besakvaris and Erevishon and Davinir, which again, the person has easy access to Besakvaris, there's extra time in his hands, it's a nice minute, it's not a chiv of the day. So when it comes to Erevishon, the ikkah chiv of Ma'at to prepare for Yom Right. The Torah brings the Chazal, which the Shachnar uses as his source, and he adds an extra point into this. And the Torah says that when Klai Yisrael spend every Shoshana preparing for Yom Tov, buying food, drink, getting ready their good clothing, showering, shaving, whatever's going to be, getting ready for Yom Tov. So it says that in Yashamayim they notice this. And they say, but Derech what's normal is if a person is called to stand trial, how does he spend the day before he goes to, on trial? And he doesn't come to eat and drink. He, he's very worried. What's going to be? What they're going to say? What they're going to accuse him of? Is he going to be victorious or not? But the Akash Shalom, a person who's Ayman Adin, is Levish Khorim. He doesn't think that's where he's wearing. He doesn't have to eat and drink. And now Klai Yisrael are being told we're going to be summoned to a din and we're preparing like a Yantif. Why? Because Betuchim Shanasin and Nes. Chazal said, Lashin, the Klai Yisrael are Betuch. We're relying on the Shani, he's going to do Nes for us. So, okay, so then we show it's the end because we put it We show it, we ran, in fact, I should have got the nice first. And the question is, why are we so put If you look back since last Rosh Hashanah until this Rosh they claim four and a half million people in the world died of Corona in the last year. I don't know how many died of other things, car accidents, sicknesses, whatever it is. So, why are we so put up? There's a guarantee. We are invited. That's the first point. The second point, Minagin Rosh Hashanah is brought down in Shachan Aruch Oso. Yesh Nagin Misanis Rosh Hashanah. If you have a Minagin to fast in Rosh Hashanah, you don't have to fast the whole day. If you have a Minagin, you have to fast all Chatzos. If a person fasts half of that, it's already called a fast. And if it's a Minagin to fast in Rosh Hashanah until Chatzos, it's while we fasting. It's also a Chazal. Chazal say like this. Chazal say that a Mashallah story that there was a certain province that didn't pay tax. King Sintramayan hadn't paid the tax. Okay, so he decides he's coming himself to, to claim the taxes. So, so he finds out that the king's on his way to claim tax. The problem is, they didn't pay, they don't have the money. So they're going to do that. So 
So what the city does say, Chazal, that when the king comes near the city, not, not yet there, but nearby, so the Gedoyle are here. The leaders of the city come out to greet the king. The honor, the king of the city, so whatever it is, they come to, to respect, pay respect. And they tell the, the king, they tell the king, now we're going to honor you, respect you, whatever it is, we don't have money to pay the tax. The king says, "Beside it, you shun due deference by the way you've come out to greet me. I'll lend a third of the bill. Take a third of the amount you owe me." Okay. He gets to the gates of the city, and now all the respected citizens, all the Hasid people in the city, come out to respect the king. And they say, "I'm a master of the king." We're willing to respect it, but we don't have money to pay you a tax. So the king says, you know what? I'm prepared to let off a second third. Another third of the tax. And then the king comes into the city itself, and the entire population comes out to greet him. And the king says, okay, I'm prepared to let off the third, the last third. Say Chazal, Kach. HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes and shows to judge us. And uh, we're not confident that we're going to we have what to offer in judgment. So before the king arrives, so the first delegation, so to speak, goes to greet him. And the king, that's a preferred. That's the fast of the area of Rosh Hashanah. The king gets nearer to the city. The second delegation goes to greet him. That's another third. That's some good idea. The second fast. And eventually the king comes to the city and everybody goes out to greet him. That's him Kippur when everybody fasts. And the king lets off the third time. That's a very interesting chazal. It's a very interesting chazal. So what are we, what are we, at the end of the day, what are we being judged for? We got let off everything. Uh, the third of the second third of some Gedali, and the last third on your Kippur. So what are we being judged for exactly? And why would Hashem do that? Because we fast, that's a third of our various lots of shah. That's the second interesting minak of Arab Rosh Hashanah. Besides the fact we're getting ready for Yom Tov, because we guarantee that Hashem is going to do for us, is that we fast. Half, it's half a day, whatever it is. Then we come to Rosh Hashanah itself, and there's a very interesting minak of Rosh Hashanah, which is brought down in the Gemara. It's not a recent minak, it's brought down in the Gemara. The Gemara in Arab says that the one person should do Rosh Hashanah, he should eat simanim. He should eat simanim. You should eat, the like Gemara says, tamri, silko, karti, right, very simani. They're, they're similar, they're a good symbol for the earth. The simani of the Gemara are the vegetables, uh, we translate them. Kara is some kind, something like a, it's a vegetable, which is something like a pumpkin, a gourd, a squash, something like that. Um, that kind of vegetable, it's kara. Karti is a leek, you know it from lots of places. Um, rubia. Is a kind of a pea. It's like uh, they use the black-eyed peas. It's something in a legume like that. Some kind of a pea. Silka is beetroot. So basically, eat these things. What's the significance of these vegetables in Rosh Hashanah? Well, each one has a certain similar. T- like the word in Aramaic, when Hebrew, reminds of a different word. So karti is from Hashem Karis. So we daven she karto serena. I enemy should be cut off. Rubia. You can hear yourself, it sounds like rock. So we say she yerbushiyasen, kara, sounds like kara, to tear. So we say she kara 
What are we doing, Rabbi? So what's the pshat? Are we looking for funny, like, like fancy plays and words to? What's the idea? We can daven and daven. What's the idea? We daven, eat those things which we can like play on the word and uh, and find some other significance. What are we doing? And those are the ones that Gemara brings. Then there are a few more which the Rishonim bring, which aren't necessarily play on the word, but there's a significance in what we do. For example, eating pomegranates. Why? Because pomegranates is lots of seeds, so he says you must the to them. Or eating the head of a fish in the air of the rice, which should be like a head. Or some eating fish, because the fish lay thousands of eggs. So now it's not a play in the word, it's just a, something, a similarity to the thing you're eating. And if you want to be a bit more exotic, so the dogs say you should eat lamb, because it reminds the head of Yitzhak of Yitzhak, because it's the lamb. And the dogs say that you should eat um, the head of the lamb. Again, it should be the other rice. And the dogs that, even if it doesn't come from the Gemara, to eat an apple. It's in honey because it's something sweet. And therefore, that we should have a shonatov and misukha. What's the idea? If you want to daven, let's daven. What's the idea of eating foods which are meant to remind us of these things? And it goes a step further. It's not just what you're meant to eat, it's also what you're not meant to eat. It's also a halakha, it's the Mishaburah, and other people don't know this. And therefore, you're not meant to eat bitter, salty, or spicy foods. And therefore, another shoshana. You're not meant to eat, his example is box, which was like a. Uh, soup made out of beets. It was uh, these beets add vinegar to it. You don't mean to eat things with vinegar in Rosh Hashanah. It's, it's, it's sour. So you don't mean to eat pickles, you don't mean to eat olives, things like which are sour. The Mishabura says if you're going to eat fish in Rosh Hashanah, don't covish it, don't pickle it. You shouldn't eat pickled fish, pickled fish is sour. You shouldn't eat chrain. Chrain is, chrain is mara. You shouldn't eat lettuce for that reason. Lettuce is also mara. Right? That's what you eat with on Pesach. You shouldn't eat things which are very sharp. And those people who like sfog or I don't know what, chili, not in Rosh Why? Because just like as a similar to eat things which are sweet and things which have a good symbolism, and to eat things which are bitter or sharp or sour, they're giving us a bad symbol. We don't want a bad, a sharp, sour, bitter, yeah. What does that make the difference to Hashem what we eat? That's what's going to convey the air for us. Okay, so let's talk about it. That's Allah, firstly. What, now, what's the, what's the significance of it? So the idea is like this. We're going to start with an unlikely reference. Which is quoting as a... It's the only time that Tzayis ever quotes as a... And Alokhi talks about it like this. Alokhi says is... Let's say somebody owes me money. I know 100% he has the money. I remember he borrowed $100 from me. The problem is that I, I can't bring him to Basin because I don't have aid. The problem is, I know he has the money. Can I just go take $100 from him? I know 100% I'm not stealing. You know, he owes it to me. So I'm just going to help myself to money of his. So the, the, the halakha discusses the question. And the officer says, how are you going to do that? So the officer says, well, let's say he, he lent me $100. I'm going to borrow $100 and I'm not paying back. So I'll get back my $100. But I'll have to do that. It's called the Shalem Ra'atachasayba. If someone lent you money, he did you a favor. I shouldn't pay back a favor by taking the, back, taking the money and not paying it back. Okay. So then what, that was another option. What about if he didn't lend me the money? What about if he was mafkid the money by me? Mafkid means he asked me to watch it for him. So he didn't do me a favor. On the contrary, I'm doing the favor for him. I'm watching his money for him. In that case, in that case, I'm watching his money for him. 
So, can I just keep the money and I'll give it back? Because he has me the money. So the Ketaris brings the Zara. And the Zara says like this. The Zara says that in exactly this case, it's not the way of Klai to act like that. It's not the way of Klai to take money which was, been, which was entrusted to them and not give it back. Why not? Because somebody trusted you. That's why if I had to give someone money and ask them to keep the cards to me, I would give it to somebody I trust. So if you trust somebody, it's not the right thing for them to let down that trust. They're going to take the money, they're not give it back to me, they're letting down trust. Or why is not that, that way of Taishal to act like that? Says the Zara, because Hashem doesn't act like that. The Zara says like this. He says, every night when a person goes to sleep, he's giving his Neshama to Hashem to look after him. Now listen to something which is worth the whole just to hear this night. Says the Zara, if a person has Kavana before he goes to sleep, I'm entrusting my Neshama to you. I'm giving it to you to look after for me. He's guaranteed he'll wake up in the morning. Muftakhla. He's guaranteed he'll wake up in the morning. Why? Says the Zara, even if he's done a virus and he deserves to die, Hashem won't kill him when he's sleeping. Why? Because Hashem doesn't let down trust. And if a person says, Hashem, I'm trusting you to give my Neshama back to me, Hashem is reliable. He doesn't let down somebody's trust. And therefore, he'll give him back his Neshama in the morning. Listen to the words of the Pirat of Tikkun Chatzis. It's exactly this point. Hanemon b'fiktoinai. HaKadosh Baruch is Nehman. is reliable with what they trusted to him. And therefore, Yachsir loy kiritsoinai. He'll give it back to him like he, he'll give it back like he wanted. Ish loy gavu ba'avoinai. A person won't die because of his avarice if he trusts Hashem to give him the Shabbat back to him in the morning. People die in Hashem. Then obviously they didn't trust in the Shabbat to Hashem. It's not automatically. A person has to have this kavana before he goes to sleep. And that is, I'm giving the Shabbat to look after, I'm relying on to come back to me tomorrow. Now, think about it. The Gemara says in Brachas, if there's one pasuk that a person should say, besides for Shema, before he goes to sleep, there's a long Krishna Mitzvah, if you had to choose one pasuk, you want the person is tired, is learning, is tired, one pasuk to say, what's the one pasuk to say? What does it mean? Exactly this point. Hashem, I'm remarking into your hands. And therefore, you're going to save me. You're going to save me. Nothing happens to me in that because Hashem is a kill emes. Hashem is emes. And if that's the case, I can rely on him. I can rely on him. It's not emes. Hashem never says he's going to give back to him. Hashem says he's going to give back to you for now. And I have asking Hashem to be honest to what he said and give, and give me back my Hashem in the morning. And that's why the halach is, the first thing a person should say back to him in the morning is I say, thank you Hashem. Because Rabbi Munasecho, I could trust you. The reliance on you was right. But that is all. Therefore the Zohar says the way Hashem works, he never lets down trust. He never lets down trust. A person should act the same way. If someone's trusting you for something, don't be unreliable. You might be right, you might be justified in what you want to do, but don't let down someone else's trust. There's a pasuk in Mishnah. The pasuk in the Mishnah like this. The pasuk in Mishnah, Al Tachrish, Al Don't plan uh, something against your friend, to harm your friend. And the Bible explains the pasuk, even if the master he deserves it. Even if the said what he wanted to justify, so why should not do it? Because the better 
He's trusting you as a friend. He doesn't think of you as an enemy. He thinks of you as a friend. Don't let down the friendship. Why? Because letting down trust. Don't plan to harm somebody who's trusting you. Not because it's wrong to harm them. Maybe they deserve that. But it's wrong to let down trust. And Hashem works the same way, says the God. That if someone's trusting him, he doesn't let down trust. Now, why is this an important point before Hashem? Because, let's ask a question. The other answers we spoke about this in the previous time we spoke about I'm going to readdress the question and look at it from a different perspective. And that is, if a person, let's say, is summoned to court, you're going to be judged. What's there to do? What's there to do? If he knows he's guilty as charged, what's he going to say? So he's going, to, okay, what can he do? The court will decide, the court will punish, whatever the sentence, the sentence will be, because there's not much he can do about it. Right? If, if there's evidence that he did the crime and he, and he knows himself he did the crime, so what's he going to say? So let's ask the question ourselves. We know it's Rosh Hashanah, we know it's Yamadim. What are we going to do about it? Well, Hashem does not have this, of course Hashem does have this. Of course Hashem does have this. We're going to put up a front and say Hashem, it never happened. Hashem is evidence that it did. So what are we doing exactly? What are we doing exactly? So listen to the puzzle like this. The puzzle is like this. Ki Hashem shayfteinu. Hashem judges us. Hashem mechaykekeinu. Hashem sentences us. Hashem malkeinu. Huyayishiyeinu. Hashem is our king and then he'll save us. The fact that you're going to be judged for whatever we did or didn't do last year is a fact. We can't change that. So what's the Eitzel Rosh Hashanah? You know, even today, in the court system, there's, there's two parts to the system. There's one part to the system, and that is the judiciary. The judiciary, their job is to, they claim at least, their job is to establish what the truth is, and then act accordingly. And if they decide that the, the person committed the crime that he's accused of, then they have to, they have to sentence him, they have to punish him. But there's a second chedek to the legal system. Uh, each country has a different name for it, but basically, it's called, it's American terminology, it's something called the presidential pardon. In England, we call it the Queen's pardon, whatever it's going to be. Uh, there's such an option, which means it could be that the, the judge has decided a person's guilty of whatever it is and deserves a punishment. But there's no override. The, the head of state, the president, the queen, the king, whatever it's going to be, has the right to override them. If they decide that they're going to give the person the pardon, he goes out free. Why? He's arguing with the judges. He didn't commit the crime. No, he did. He did. He didn't do the punishment. No, he did. It's not, a, it's not a court of appeal. But there's something called a presidential pardon. If he decides this person shouldn't, punish, shouldn't suffer the punishment, he has the right to let him go free. As you know, every head of state uses that. Or have he wanted to, even if they've done things wrong. But they get it free. The concept exists. The concept is this in Rosh Hashanah also. Hashem Shefteinu, Hashem Mechikikainu. We judge and we sentence. But Hashem Malkeinu, He's the King. If He's the King, then who Yeshienu? Then He has the right to give a presidential pardon. As the, the, the King has the right to let somebody off. And therefore, we're not necessarily focusing so much Rosh Hashanah on what's going to be 
with our din from last year. We can try, like I said, explain to Hashem why next year is going to be better, that's important. What about the din of last year? There's not much we can do about that. It will be the, the best in Shomano is going to see what we did. The best in Shomano is going to decide. But we have an answer. We have an answer. And our answer is that we can apply for a presidential pardon. What? Shiva. Shiva is in We can apply for a pardon. How do you do that? There's two steps to doing it. Number one is you have to approach Hashem as the king. Like we said, who's going to give a pardon? It's only the king can do that. So you have to approach Hashem as the king. And number two, this is the important point, because I said before. Number two is that I have to rely on him to give it to me. Because like we said before, why should Hashem give a pardon? Hashem doesn't let down trust. So if I come to Hashem and Shoshana, Baruch Hu, you can do, you can pardon me. I'm relying on you to help me. I'm relying on you to give to to be, to take away the the radi name, to take away the whatever, whatever evil decree I deserve. You don't think it's undeserved. You don't think it's unfair. From relying on you, Hashem to deal with that. Right? Then I saw before the rule from the Zohar. Hashem doesn't let down trust. Hashem doesn't let down trust. The person trusts in Hashem. Hashem repays trust. That's what he wants from Hashem. Let's go back to the Chazal we said before. He said, normally, a person standing before the, ju- the judge, he's going to a trial. How do people normally act before a trial? They were shkhirim, they don't eat, they're miserable, they're scared, understandably, they don't know what's going to be. And what's the derech of Klai Yisrael? We prepare for Yom Tov, we put on a Yom Tov clothing, we, we shower, why? Because, betuchim shenais We betuch. We trust that Hashem is going to do nice for us. And we asked, why are we so sure Hashem is going to do a nice? People don't suffer. People don't deserve to be punished. Of course they do. Not everybody is perfect, daddy. So what do you betuach about? And the answer is, what do you betuach about? We, that's exactly the reason we deserve a nice. If we betuach, if we're trusting Hashem to save us, then Hashem will save us. If we trust Hashem to give us a pardon, He will, because Hashem doesn't let that trust. And therefore, the avoid of Porsche Shana is, we're not going to go into this miserable that we're going to be judged, we don't know what's going to happen to us. Because we, we don't know what's going to happen to us. The way we try to prepare for Shoshana is the other way around. Because the we're trying to show, we're confident that you're going to save us. It's not because there isn't a din, there is a din. And we're scared about the din, and we say the Ravini, lots of times. But we don't want to stop there. What we want to get to is the point that we feel, Akadosh Baruch Hu, we're relying on you. We're relying on you because when we rely on Hashem, then Hashem looks after us. Fine, that's the first point. And that's the second marshal also. We asked, what's the idea of the, the, the king who came to collect the tax? Remember, I told you the motion in the Midrash. The Midrash says, a, king, a country didn't pay its tax, the king who came to collect the tax. And they don't have the money to pay. So they go out to greet the king. The king says, ah, he came to greet me on the other third. A second third, a third third. What's the idea? The Midrash says, Kaisal is in the same position. Tahainu. If Hashem is coming to collect the tax, which means if Hashem is coming to be goyve, claim all our maism during the year, all the things we did really are. Are we going to have to pay for our various? Yes. I'll be doing yes. Can we afford to? No. So what's that? Sir? Go out and greet the king. Go out and greet the king. Because we're saying, you can let us off the tax. It's not just saying, uh, it's saying, we have a problem. 
We can't afford the tax, but king, you can let us off. We're relying on you to give us a pardon. And that's the second Mikud of Rosh Hashanah. The Mahalach of Rosh Hashanah is we come to approach Hashem and say to him, Hashem, we weren't perfect this last year. The things we've done wrong. We Alpidin Miyamidafanakhabalin. Like we say. If Hashem is going to judge and what the judgment is going to require, none of us are going to be able to stand up in the judgment. No one can stand up there. So what's the answer? Well the answer is, Akadish Baruchu, you have the ability to override the din. You're a king and you can give us a pardon. Whatever the din is, you can give us a pardon. I'll tell you a secret. The Derech Hashem writes that who judges the person of Rosh The Derech Hashem says they're basins of Malachim. The basins of Malachim set up through way we judge every person. For each of us is a basin sits and does of every judge everything we've done and gives up sack based on what we've done. And it's like we don't talk to these basins of Malachim because nothing for us to say to them. They judge us, but they do what they they're judging based on what's fair, what's true. Learn to say, we admit to the crime, we know what we did. Our avoid Rosh Hashanah is to come to Hashem and say, Akkadish Baruch Hu, you the king, you can override the psak din of the base din. It's true, there's a marechas a mishpat, there's a whole justice system in Shemaim, it's true. But Akkadish Baruch Hu, you have the right to override that. And if you're batuch, relying on Hashem to do that, then we batuch will come out of the din. Because, like we said before, the main point of Rosh Hashanah, Akkadish Baruch Hu doesn't let down trust. Facts. Facts. There's two parts of the Rosh Hashanah. The one part is, like I said, the Tefillah Rosh Hashanah. And the one part is how we act on Rosh Hashanah. And of course, in the Tefillah we mention again and again that it's Yom Adin. That's true. We know about it. It's not like we're ignoring the fact. But the way we act on Rosh Hashanah, we want to show that we're confident that Akkadish Baruch is going to help us. And that's, we just go back to what we started with. That's the same passage by Ezra. What Ezra gave them was that, Yamadin, you're doing Klaishol, you're doing the wrong things, you have to do children. And Klaishol gets scared, it's stuck at truth, and starts to cry. Good. We, went to, we want to get to that point. We know there's a din, and we feel bad if we've done wrong, but what's the way now to get through the din? We have to go back to having relying on Hashem to get us through. And that's what Ezra tells them, okay, now, now we have to go to the second stage. Go home, eat, drink, celebrate Yom Tov. Don't be sad. What's your strength? In fact, we have your Hashem. What's your strength? What's the way to get through the din? The fact that you're relying on Hashem to get you through. And that's an important feature of Rosh Hashanah. If a person can bring himself to feel the Omeka, to feel afraid of the Mishpat during Musaf, during Shemona Esrei, the Shlarat even more. If a person brings himself to tears, it's even better. That's when you dive in. But after davening, we go back to the matzav of Yom Tov. We go back to the matzav of Betuach Shanas Lemnes. We're relying on the Kaddish Baruch now. And that's why the, all the din of Rosh Hashanah are geared around that fact. Because if we Betuach, then Hashem is nice for us, then Hashem will. There's a Zayar which says, the Satan comes to Rosh Hashanah to be Mekatrik. The Satan comes to Rosh Hashanah to accuse Kaddish Israel, and he's well prepared. He spent the whole of Edel that we spent, we meant to spend doing Tshuva. The Sultan has been spending doing, getting ready all these arguments. And the Zoharats, the Sultan comes to Rosh Hashanah with stacks of, of arguments prepared against every person. 
what he did wrong, what he didn't do right, what he could have done better, and why he knew he should have done better, and whatever it is, the Sultan's ready to go. What happens in Rosh Hashanah? So the Zara says, what happens in Rosh Hashanah is similar to what happened when Yitzchak told Esau, go and bring me food, I'll give you the brachas. And Esau goes to prepare food, and he's busy, he's preparing food. And the meantime, Yaakov comes in and steals the brachas. And then Yaakov comes back and says, what happened? Where are my brachas? And so I gave it to Yaakov. And Yaakov says, I want the brachas. And Yaakov says, I can't, I can't. Give it to him. I can't take it away from him. Says the Zohar, on Rosh Hashanah, the same thing happens. The Sultan comes prepared with all his arguments against us. Everything is stacked up. He's ready to he's ready to appease us with everything and get get us punished as much as he can. So what's Yaakov's eighteen? What does Yaakov do? Yaakov, what what's the food that Yaakov brings Yitzchak? What do we do first? We come and we mamlech Hashem. We bring the shayfa and we say malchus. We mamlech Hashem. As Hashem, you you're in charge of us. You're the king. So now Hashem wants to give us a pardon. He's the king, he's going to let us off. And the sultan comes back and says, what about all my tainas? You can't do that. We've had a judgment. I have all the arguments ready. And instead the judge says, I'm giving him a pardon. So what about all the arguments? This is the Rezazah. Hashem won't do anything to Klai Yisrael because they besimcha with him. They were in besimcha with him. And if that's the case, Hashem is not going to change that. And that's what you said. On the one hand, Rosh Hashanah, yes, we, we, we know there's a thing. We're scared of that. On the other hand, we besimcha with Hashem. And that's why whoever talks about Hashem in Yemalek, it's always with the word, we're happy. Yismichu b'malchuscha. Why? Because we, that's our hatzalah. That's our hatzalah. If Hashem is the king, can give us a pardon. And that's what we need to do. We need to rely. Hashem will rely on to give us the pardon. So let's finish up where we started. What are these simanim? We eat all, the, all these strange vegetables we only see once a year. What are we doing? What are we doing? What, because we ate a fish head, Hashem is going to make us a head. Because we did something in hand, it's going to give us a sweet year? No. What we're doing is, we're showing that even when we're not davening, we're at home and we're eating the antasoda, but it's not stomach antasoda. Our focus is, HaKadosh Baruch is taking care of us. Right? There's an avoid in the time of Rosh Hashanah when we're not davening too. And that is we're focusing on relying on the Kaddish Baruch to, to take care of us. Everything we eat. If you think about it, you can go through a whole sort of like that. You start off with the fish and the fish's head and you have all vegetables. And then you have you have the minag. You eat lamb, also kedis yitzchak. You have all the fruits, you have a dessert. You have a whole meal, which the whole focus of everything is. Kaddish Baruch you taking care of us. It's obvious to say. Avoid Rosh Hashanah. If a person can live the whole 48 hours, the whole two days of Rosh Hashanah, with the realization, Akkadish Baruch is in charge of you. Akkadish Baruch, I'm relying on you. And that's what is not in Rosh Hashanah also. A person is not meant to sleep in Rosh Hashanah. The day of Rosh Hashanah, a person is not meant to sleep. It's only day of the year. Any other day of the year, there's no issue to sleep. Rosh Hashanah, a person is not meant to stay up the whole day. Man the Damich, Rosh Hashanah, Damich Mazda. The Gemara says, a person can sleep in Rosh Hashanah, his Mazda goes to sleep. Adam, there's no void of Rosh Hashanah when you're not having Mosul. There's no void of being, so to speak, relying on Hashem. Relying on Hashem that that's the Hatzalah. 
The fact that you're happy that Kodesh Baruch is your king, that's, the, that's, the, that's your strength. Because what you need in Rosh Hashanah is, that, is, like we said, the king's pardon. The fact that Kodesh Baruch is prepared to override the Mishpat, the justice system, and give us the pardon. And therefore, the way to get there, that we're relying on him. Because if we're relying on Hashem, he doesn't let us down. Hashem Shefteinu, Hashem judges us, but if Hashem is Malkeinu, then we are If Hashem is the king, then he can save us. That's what he needs for us. So right now, Hashem is the king, and therefore we rely on him. We rely on him to save us, and when we rely on him, then he does. That's what I'm talking about. So we shall